Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And a good Wednesday to each and every one of you. Great to have you on board today. England. And Croatia playing in the World Cup today for the right to meet France for the title. And so far, England has been getting the job done. Leading 1-0, 48 minutes in. So... Uh, Pirates lead 2-0 over the Nationals in the top of the ninth inning. Trying to take two out of three in that series. Twins lead the Royals 5-4, bottom of the fifth. Already Tampa Bay beat Detroit 4-2. Before the show's over with today, the Giants will take on the Cubs. And again, before the show's over with today, England and Croatia will determine who faces France in the final. But again, England is up 1-0, 51 minutes in. And Roger Federer got knocked out today in five sets at the uh, at Wimbledon by Kevin Anderson of South Africa. Rafa Nadal is in a fifth set right now with Juan Del Potro. So the top two seeds, one gone, and the number two seeds in a fifth set down, but not down a break. They're on serve. And you're up to date. The uh, Phillies. Again, somebody explain to me why they only have one All-Star. And you sent me some great stats, Sean, on Aaron Nola. And um, his impact when he starts. Not just him winning games, but when he starts. I think we still have Sean, right? Hello? You betcha. Okay. Yeah. So you sent me the Aaron Knowles stuff today? <laughs> I was busy watching World Cup, huh? <laughs> yeah, this is pretty crazy. A breakdown between when Aaron Nola starts and when he yeah. does not start. And you you dial into the first month of the season between March 29th and April yeah. the 20th. When Which Nola's, was a lot of eh. Yeah. 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 When Nola starts one and three, but not on the bump. Phillies went 11 and 4. Then you go between April the 21st and yesterday, a sterling 13 and 2, the Phillies, when yeah. Nola starts. And when he doesn't start, the team is 4 under 500 at 26 and 30. Right. It's amazing. Again, I, I know with the game in Washington, I expect Max Scherzer to start. But if Aaron Nola were to start the All-Star game, it would be appropriate. So, he has been that good to this point. The uh, uh, 
we talked yesterday about baseball in the Dan Shaughnessy column. In fact, I may have gone back to yeah, yeah, it was yesterday's show. And you know, it's one thing to sit there and be critical about. You now people are wondering, are you being too critical about the sport and so forth? Well, I'm being critical of the sport because I love the sport. I I grew up on baseball. I grew up on I grew up on Mickey Mantle. I grew up in Yastrzemski. That's what I grew up on. Some of you may have grown up on Richie Allen. Well, okay, that's a okay. Jim Bunning. There we go. <laughs> Some of you may have grown up on Roberto Clemente or Willie Stargell. Yeah, for me, Willie Stargell and I mean Dave Kingman, Mike Schmidt, Reggie Jackson, Dave Parker. Yeah. I mean, that's what we grew up on. Thurman now, Munson. I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I'm watching a game last night. I was watching the Red Sox and the Texas Rangers. Okay. And where the heck was it? Um, one of their one of their outfielders. Oh, I'll get it for you in a second here. Comes to the plate. Okay. He's hitting 187, but has 21 home runs. 187. I mean, do we have like like lineups with nine Dave Kingmans in them now? What are we doing here? Man, two Dave Kingman references in under 90 seconds. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, but I'm saying, though, are we, I mean, what the heck is this? Um, what was the batting average? One? 187. Wow. Uh, beep, beep, beep. There it is. Gallo. There it is. Gallo's got 21 home runs and 50 knocked in. He's hitting one Joey Gallo, 189. He's hitting 189. He has 50, let's see, 57 hits this year. Of the 57 hits, 21 are home runs. What? What? Okay. I'm watching. Then I flipped over for a little bit to the Pirates Nationals last night. And we all know that Bryce Harper's struggling this year. And I realize, yo, Joe Block's not trying to, he's not trying to be critical one way or the other. He just says, you know, he said he's hitting uh, 215. He says, buddy, he has 21 home runs. I'm sorry. But hitting 189, okay, if you hit 180, you're a pitcher. <laughs> well, that's actually really good for a pitcher. But I mean, 189. Yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah, the, the back end of Ryan Howard's career with the Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, Philly fans will tell you, yeah, feast or famine, one of two things are going to happen. He's either going to whiff or he's going to knock it out over the, over the fence. He has a two nine Gallo has a two ninety eight on base percentage. His on base percentage is less than three hundred. He's two for his last nineteen of the plate, but one of the two is a home run. <laughs> I mean, this is this is he and Harper are both emblematic of what's going wrong here. Okay, you're hitting one eighty nine. You're not in the starting lineup. What's weird though, his his career average is still under 200. He's at 197. 
Yeah, he's a 197 career hitter <laughs> with consistent with, with 69 home runs and 884 at bats. <laughs> right, and this guy starts. They play him every day. Are you kidding me? Well, he's only he's, well, he's only 24, so he's got more time to develop. He's got more time to what to get to 200. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Something to shoot for before he turns 25. I mean, look at the year Chris Davis is having with the Orioles. Chris Davis is having one of the worst years in the history of baseball. I had a Dick at Milton's like, he's like, Dick won't even call in. He's too disgusted. <laughs> he's busy mowing the lawn. He's busy watching no. World Cup. <laughs> That's right. Dick is now converted to World Cup. I forgot about that. Joey Gallo turns uh, 25 uh, November the 19th, so he's got the rest of the season to bump it up to 200. So. Well, he's hitting 189 right now, which means it's gone down. His career average has gone down because of what he's done so far. That'd be interesting, year. though, what we'd, ha- what we'd have to get for an average this year to get his career average up over 200. He'd probably have to get closer to 250, wouldn't he? If he's at one ninety seven now, I think he was hitting if he was hitting two ten to two twenty, that would do it. I would think. I pull up the Orioles website. First thing that came up, plenty of tickets available. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't even get to the didn't even get to the problem. <laughs> I didn't even get to the batting averages. <laughs> Our former colleague Drew Kelly would agree with you. <laughs> He's sitting there right now looking at the Orioles' website and latest news, and it's blank. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm even more concerned about our great weekend news anchor, Sarah Laver, who on, on occasion, once or twice a year, she will sing the national anthem at Cannon Yards. At least get some Sarah's, people in there to hear that. Well, I'd go watch Sarah sing the national anthem. Sure. For sure. Yeah, several years back, I want to say earlier this decade. It may have been the year Keystone was in the World Series in 2011 where she sang the national anthem at one of the games at Lomedy. I may be off by a year, though. Okay. Well, then there's Chris Davis, who's played in 75 games this year. He has nine home runs and is batting 160. Now, I think it's safe to say they've given him every chance (laughs) to, to do something here. Now, in his last 26 at-bats, he's been better. He's at 231 with two home runs. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, this is what we're seeing left and right. And again, I'm watching games now. Last night, last night, the Astros are playing the A's. And Alex Bregman puts down a swinging bunt that rolls up the first baseline two feet. And Jonathan Lucroy picks it up and goes to tag Bregman and loses the ball. But then he picks the ball up and he throws to first to then complete the, to, to complete the play and throws it wild. And the winning run comes in to score in a ball that traveled two feet. So every one of the analytic 
individuals who just, oh, sabermetrics, who tell you over and over again that a strikeout is just another out is so wrong, and they're wrong for baseball. Man, if I have a guy walk in my office and tell him, if I'm running the show and they come in, I want all, look, I want all the stats. I want every stat. I want to know what's going on. You know, what kind of guy is a guy with a two-strike hitter? Was he doing the first pitch? I want to know shifts, things like that. I want to know all that stuff. Okay, useful stuff. I don't want useless stuff. A strikeout is not just another out. Okay. What if Bregman swung and missed, and the game was over? The Astros don't win, but because he put the ball in play, he then put the defense at risk to make a play. And on a ball that went two feet, Oakland did not execute the play and lost. Last night I watched Andrew Benintendi steal third and score on a fly ball. Okay, scoring a fly ball. Why? Because he stole third. The stolen base is devalued by these people. I watched Texas last night hit a ground ball to second with a runner on second. And it got the runner to third, and the runner scored on a wild pitch. Okay? A strikeout is not just another out. A strikeout is puts the defense at no risk whatsoever. It is the least risky play for the defense. So all these players who are getting convinced over and over again that a strikeout is another out, and now they're acting that way. Well, you know, know, hey, it's just another out. No, it's not another out. You didn't put the ball in play. Okay? And by not putting the ball in play, you didn't put the defense at risk. If it turns out you hit four routine ground balls to second, you're thrown out... Okay, that's better than striking out four times. You want to know why? Because at least each time you put the defense at risk and you force them to make a play where maybe they don't make the play and you you beat it out. I mean, I see this over and over again. When baseball's actually played right and not played in such a way where where somebody's crunching numbers in the back room, like get out of here. You're going to find there's going to be a trend here at some point where somebody's going to come in as a general manager and as a manager, and they're going to manage the game old old school. And then people are then they're going to win. You now they need talent to do it, right? But they're going to win, and people are going to go, uh, well, wait, well, wait a minute. You know, everybody's doing it now because it's a trend. I got that. You know, everything's trendy. I've got that. But it is remarkable. Uh, there's certain parts like the shifts. You know, I mean, and you're you're facing you're you're facing people that have no ability to adjust. None. You know, I'm reading a story. You don't know how hard it is to adjust. And which player was there? A player that broke their finger on a bunt. Something like that. What the. What? And so, well, we're not going to punt because he broke his finger. That's what they said. I'm reading the story. I'm like, what the heck is this? Because one guy broke his finger trying to bunt? 
I saw Josh Harrison last night foul one off his shoe. He almost left the game. The heck's the difference? You want to you want to get your average up over two hundred. You want to get the get them out of the shift. You want to be able to play your game. Okay, you got to you got to go opposite, especially early in the season. What the game is, and these guys are told not to think that way. And as far as I'm concerned, five bunt singles is five screaming line drives to right center. There's no difference. Base hits a base hit. And if it gets them out of the shift, gets them out of the shift. It's interesting, though. You know what? The Phillies are actually one of three teams that are minus on the shift this year. Did you know that? The Phillies are a minus nine on the shift. The Pirates are minus one. And I think the Marlins are even. I don't know if it's just me, but just with watching the Phillies coverage on NBC Sports Philadelphia, I'm noticing a couple of times, probably even more more than a couple of times during a game, they'll have a sky shot way up above home plate, and they'll have a breakdown of, and it looks like nine chances out of ten when when they show a shot of a shift, it's... The third baseman all by his lonesome on the left side, and you got three on the other side between first and second. Right, yeah. Most of them, most of them are against left-handed hitters, um, but but the shifts. I mean, actually, the Phillies, believe it or not, are minus nine on shifts. Like the the Pirates were minus one. I think the Marlins were even. Everybody else actually was on the plus side of the shift. So I now. Hey, if shifting's part of the rules, I'm shifting too. If I'm facing if I'm facing a group of guys that that are not exactly the five beta kappa of baseball <laughs> that refuse to go the other way, refuse to drop bunts and things like that, I'm gonna shift all day because of if you know, I'm gonna be able to lift the ball over their heads. Way to go, Joey Gallo, twenty one home runs, one eighty nine batting average. Do you know how bad a one eighty nine batting average is? Okay. I mean, somebody hitting in the low, like somebody hitting under 235, somebody hitting under 240, for me growing up, was having a really bad year. What is 189? <laughs> What's 215? And yet you get, but, it hit 21 home runs. But What? Well, at least we're talking baseball. How about that? Let's 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 put it that. And I love how I enjoy watching the Phillies play. And Fransky and L.A. do a great job on the radio. Boy, they're good. Scott's really really good. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Four city blocks of new Ford trucks. Over 40,000 trucks sold. SMC is where you want to be. Sunbury Motors Ford has over 110 new Ford trucks. And during July, they'll include a complimentary accessory package. With the purchase of any new F-150 through July 31st, receive a tonneau cover, molded flash cars, and window deflectors at no additional charge. SMC is where you want to be because they have the largest selection of new Ford trucks in all of central Pennsylvania. And that means the biggest savings. Take up to $13,000. 
$500 off on new F-150s. And SMC has them starting as low as $26,669. Save up to seven grand on 2018 Ford Escapes. And they're slashed as low as $19,380. 2018 Explorers, Edges, and Expeditions will also be clearly marked with discounts up to eight grand. SMC is where you want to be in July for this mega summer spectacular sale and the complimentary F-150 accessory package. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. F-150 accessory package valued at six ninety nine. dollars excludes prior sales and older units. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Went to a couple of Penn State basketball practices, believe it or not, the last couple of days. What did you expect me to sit there and just do nothing this summer? Or what? I would not expect you to mail it in between now and Friday when you start your vacation heading into next week. It's not in your DNA. <laughs> actually, I'm not actually starting until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I got some spikes games this week. Oh, that's so right. Six game homestand starts tonight. I'm actually in the end only taking four days off. <laughs> actually, it's five in a row, including the uh, subsequent weekend. <laughs> uh, I probably should take more, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's get to uh, this day in uh, sports history, and then we'll get a couple of basketball impressions. It's good. That's one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 1914, Babe Ruth debuted in the majors with the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox management looked at him and said, you know, someday we're going to trade that guy. 1960 in Honolulu, the first tournament held outside the continental U.S., sanctioned by the USGA. Uh, 1985, Nolan Ryan of the Astros became the first major league pitcher to get 4,000 strikeouts in a career. 1987, Bo Jackson signed a contract to play football for the L.A. Raiders for five years, while also continuing to play for the Kansas City Royals in baseball. 1994, Sean Eckert was sentenced in Portland, Oregon, to 18 months in prison for his role in the attack on figure skater Nancy Kerrigan. And in 1995, Mickey Mantle made his final public appearance. It was to increase awareness of organ donation programs. I remember how frail he was, and I remember exactly what he said. He said, look, he says, people have always told me I'm a role model. I'm no role model. I remember when Penn State played in the Pinstripe Bowl, I sent my brother a picture of Mantle's retired number seven out in the... Because uh, we, we were able to tour around. Uh, uh, you know, the Mon- Monument Park, we were able to tour that. So I took a picture of Mantle's retired jersey. I sent it to Kevin. I said, "No, I said, no, Dad. I said, Dad would have loved this." So, 
But that was then. Okay. Let's see. We're going to have uh, Jim uh, Eichenhofer, who covers the uh, New Orleans Pelicans on the show tomorrow. Writes for Pelicans.com. Uh, Tony Carr has been doing no, no better than okay so far. I mean, defensively, he's getting killed out there. He's getting crushed. Uh, but we're going to have Jim Eichenhofer on the show tomorrow, who covers the New Orleans Pelicans, to talk about how Carr is doing. And... Uh, so that'll be interesting to hear from him tomorrow and also just get an impression on, for example, you're talking about a team that has Anthony Davis, one of the true stars in the game. And I want to get from, from Jim, what's the di- the distance between a team like New Orleans that has a legitimately great player in Davis and the upper echelon teams? I mean, let's face it, I think the, right now the Lakers are probably third just because of LeBron James. They're probably third in the West now. And if, and if I'm the Lakers, I don't trade for Kawhi Leonard. Okay? I let him become a free agent and sign him. I'll wait a year. What the heck? Well, it's not like the, the Lakers. Bar. It's not like the the Lakers have a legitimate shot to win the championship next year anyway. Right. I mean, look, I mean, the one thing you want to avoid if you're them. Um The uh, uh, the Lakers need to avoid finishing fourth. You don't want to be in the same bracket as Golden State. Now, I know Golden State wasn't first in the West last year, but you know you got to expect that that's where they're going to be. I, I'm just curious and, how Alonzo Ball is going to play with with the dynamic between him and LeBron if he if he's on the team next year. Alonzo Ball as. I think Rajon Rondo is going to play as much, if not more, than Lonzo Ball. Veteran can get it done. Played in big games. Kind of a head case. Okay. Uh, uh, just if, all you heard about Lonzo Ball, you know, going into his rookie season, and I'm just, you know, be just curious to see how he does now with one year under his belt, and now he got, he got 23 yeah. as a teammate. Right. Uh, and then if Carmelo Anthony signs with Houston. Except to bring the ball in if it's thrown to him. Chris Paul's never going to see the ball. All right, so <laughs> I'm not joking. Well, absolutely. That was one of our big knocks on Houston last year. It's like, man, how many point, how many star point guards can you have on this team? And <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be a friendly game of pass, 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 pass. Yeah. <laughs> no. Penn State basketball non-conference schedule is officially out. All right. Oh, Jonathan, you and I have known about this for, what, six, seven weeks? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you and I, I think you already I think you already gave the station the schedule. They will open with North Florida in the Jordan Center on Friday, November 9th. Uh, that's the night before the Wisconsin game. That is, by the way, part of the Cancun tournament. They will then play Jacksonville State on Monday night, the 12th. Same story. That is part of the Cancun tournament. So you're like, why are they playing them? They're part of the tournament. Then they play the Gavit games at DePaul on Thursday, November 15th. Then they go to Cancun, where they'll play Wright State in the opener, 
on the 20th, which is a Tuesday night before Thanksgiving. And then on Thanksgiving Eve, the 21st, they'll play either Bradley or SMU. They then come back to the Jordan Center, and they play Virginia Tech in the ACC Challenge on the 27th. Uh, You're going to see a gap in the schedule, and that gap is that first weekend in December, December 1, 2, 3, or November 30, December 1, 2, 3. Why? Because there will be two Big Ten games there, one home, one away. That will be announced in August. December 8th, Penn State will host Colgate in the Jordan Center. That's a Saturday. Then the next Saturday, they go to Atlantic City where they take on NC State, the 15th. Wednesday the 19th, they go to the uh, PBG Paints Arena, the home of the Penguins, to take on Duquesne. And then two days later, they're in Tuscaloosa at Coleman Coliseum to play Alabama. And then they play UMBC in the Jordan Center as their final non-conference regular season game on the 29th, which is a Saturday. So there's your schedule, your non-conference schedule for hoops. I watched them practice last night. Lamar Stevens, he made two finishes at the bucket last night where he took absolute contact and finished both of them. He's just stronger, more mature, and... There really isn't anybody in the Big Ten that matches up with Lamar. Josh Reeves looked quick last night. I mean, just looked really good, passed, made, for the most part, good decisions. I mean, Pat wanted him to dunk a couple last night instead of laying it in. He said, don't take the easy way out. John Harrell looked really good last night. In shape, ready to play. Uh, Jamari Wheeler's shot's a little bit better, but he is one of those guys where... You want, he's one of those guys that you're really, really glad he's on your team because he is a pain in the you know what when he's on the other team. He's picking your pocket, he's diving, he's making plays. He's, you know, it's like, oh, where, where'd this guy come from? Where is he? I'm, he's so quick. And he's doing the same thing that he did last year, except he's doing it with a little more confidence, even. Trent Buttrick was okay last night. And the night before, he's a guy they need to step up because he's got to be the guy that backs up Lamar. He's got to step up. He needs to be the guy that backs up Lamar. Now for the kids. Everyone wants to know about the kids. Miles Dredd, at least as of right now, I can tell you right now, he can play. He can play. He can shoot. He works hard. He listens. In fact, all these guys really Good listeners. This is this group. They don't complain. They're they're a group of non-complainers. They work. And Bolden, I really like. Bolden is the kind of guy that, when he is open, and you got to get him open. But when he is open, he's going to hit two thirds of his three-point shots when he's open. If he's covered, it's not going to be the same way, you know. And. It's going to be a question for me as to how how well does he get his own shot. Like, Miles Dredd gets his own shot. But Bolden, when he's open, you feel like it's money in the bank when he shoots it from the outside. When he's open. Okay? And he can really drive to the bucket. He is a scorer. Uh, Jones? Jones has a really nice outside shot. Now, there are other parts of his game he's going to have to really improve on. And Daniel Cassidy and uh, DK from 
Lithuania. Good passer, not a bad shooter. Um, he's got further to go, obviously, than a guy like Dredd does, but he, at 6'7", sees the floor very well. And then Isaiah Brockington, who has to sit out this year, he's got a Big Ten body already, and he plays hard. Man, does he play hard. I mean, I was impressed right away with, like, this guy gets after it. He gets after it. So that's a thumbnail of what I saw at practice the last two days. They did. They went and practiced this morning. I can fairly tell you I was asleep. So... So you can call me lazy if you want. Well, I, will, I do have a question, though, and this is maybe for some that don't follow college um, basketball I'm, all that heavily. I'm, I'm sorry we're out of time. Okay. No. <laughs> Save it for four of us. No, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just curious. This time of year, you know, say we're in the middle of summer. Is there a specific, is there like a specific NCAA rule that they can only practice so many times this time of year? And yes. the yeah. And for the... Uh, and is it treated as an official practice, like they would practice during the season or three weeks you, before the season opener? You get four hours a week. So, in other words, they went one hour Monday night, one hour last night, and they went an hour this morning. Then they get time off. But I believe they're allowed four hours a week. Okay? And then officially practice begins on September 25th. But I don't think you ever, at least the first couple of weeks, I don't think you're allowed to go every day. But September 25th is the start date for practice. But if I recall correctly in the summer, I believe you are allowed four hours a week to do it. It's far, it's, it, it's a, it's interesting how uh, far more open, and I realize, and I do realize, that um, that the basketball tournament is the moneymaker for the NCAA. Because remember, the NCAA doesn't have anything to do with football in terms of cash. So the basketball tournament is so they're far more liberal and have more common sense when it comes to basketball in the off season as opposed to football. See, I'm a firm believer in football that they should be allowed to get four hours a week with them too. They can make for a better game because I mean, what do you what are you working on right now? Okay, you're working on skill development. You're working on that post move. You're working on that jump shot. You're working on how to play better with your offhand. Right, you're putting in an offense for the freshman. Things like that. Football should be allowed the same thing. Like, like you got to look. At, it's interesting that that there's no question where the money comes from, and I think you've got to look at those two sports, and you've got to give them more leeway to be really, really good. Now, does that sound right or fair to? 
volleyball or wrestling or anything like that. No, but you know what? There are certain economic realities. And you're trying to put out a the best product you can find. I mean, I, I think more skill development in the offseason and football is needed and more... You know, and, and, but I think basketball is doing a better job with off-season skill development because of the way the rules are structured. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. So, are you allowed to give out your hot dog uh, secret? Why not? Since the digital media guy's on vacation this week. Why not? First of all, he first of all, he was no help. <laughs> let's yeah. just start let's just start with that. Yeah, we can we can touch on that subject during the after show. No, um actually there there's a great place in Seawons Grove called the Wicked Dog Grill. They've been in business for close to a year, have excellent hot dogs. Yep. And yep. there is a uh, I think I I stopped by there after the uh after the the uh Purdy tournament. Okay. They have some great dogs there. And, really good. Yes, and there is a wonderful charity here in the area called Haven to Home Canine Rescue. Well, about wow. less than a month ago, they posted a, a picture of a, a dog named Dutch who uh, needs uh, quite a bit of medical help this this month. He was going to start getting treatment. So they tied in with Wicked Dog Grill. They decided to come up with a contest. And uh, they want to cre- they want to put a, a hot dog on the menu at Wicked Dog Grill called the Dutch Dog, named after the dog Dutch. And <laughs> so they had a little contest on Facebook before the Fourth of July last week. You could go online and vote. Uh, but what they did, they wanted to get suggestions from people, and any topping was fair game. Didn't matter what ingredients you would put on your hot dog. And then they had then they whittled it down to uh, three uh, the final three. Turns out mine was in the final three. Mine, my Dutch dog is a. Uh, before you put the hot dog in the bun, it's you put a little bit of cheddar cheese, you cradle that between the bun and the hot dog, mm-hmm. and then you top the hot dog with pulled pork and barbecue sauce. Oh, oh my goodness! So my hot dog creation made the final three. So then they opened it up to voting for like three days. And the voting ended. They did it over the Fourth of July holiday, and they and to say, hey, if it's the if it's the hot dog of your choice, like and share the post on Facebook, and the hot dog that gets the most likes and shares will get on the menu board at Wicked Dog Grill. Turns out, mine got the most likes and shares. That is really cool. So, starting this week, by the end of this week, and this is according to a Wicked Dog Grill post on Facebook, they're going to add my Dutch dog creation to the menu and all the proceeds they get for Dutch dog sales till the end of August will go to Dutch and his medical expenses. I love it. Yes. What a great idea. What a wonderful idea and a, and a wonderful fundraiser. So. Now, what are the hours? Uh, the hours are kind of funky at Wicked Dog Grill. They're, 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 uh, they vary. They, they vary. Okay. They're not, open. Okay. They're not open too crazy okay. late at night. No, 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 no. I'm thinking, yeah. I've got to come in on August 22nd. Yeah. And I'm probably going to be there at, beginning at lunchtime. And I was wondering, you know, maybe I should I should stop there and I should buy that. And that way the, the proceeds from the dogs I buy would go to the fund. Well, that's perfect because you're coming in on a, August 22nd is a Wednesday. 
Yep. And they offer a really great Wednesday special. You can get two dogs for six. I love it. There you go. See, that's what I'll do. And I'll order that dog specifically uh, and do that and help the cause out. Yeah. That'd be, I mean, that's great. You know what's really neat, too? Is that you did it the old-fashioned way. You didn't do it with some fancy digital media thing that's, you know. Who needs them? <laughs> well, I guess, that's how, I guess that's how they have hot dogs and hamburgers down in Carolina. You get them Carolina-style. They put they put pulled pork on top of your either your hamburger or your hot dog. Get a Carolina dog or a Carolina burger. So it's kind of like that. In Pittsburgh, it's always slaw and fries. Yes. From what I heard. On every... On everything, I, I mean, I was in Pittsburgh. I got an ice cream sundae, slaw, and fries. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, butter pecan tastes tangy for some reason. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I ordered vanilla. <laughs> what, 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 what is this? <laughs> Even though I'm a chocolate guy. Oh my goodness. Oh, congrats. I'm, I'm so glad because it's going to help out that dog. Yeah. Oh. That is awesome. Wicked Dog Grill. Wicked Dog Grill in Seawans Grove. Say that 10 times fast and check it out. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.